Hey everybody, just wanted to let you know that this is part one of two on our episodes dropping today. Part one is our recap of K-State's 40-12 to win over Missouri. And then part two is us recapping the kind of craziness that happened on Saturday. Everything that happened where we go over the AP poll, top 25 as well. And what kind of good time slot K-State may be able to get in that Oklahoma game when you look at some of the other competition we have for good games. So that's what we're going to talk about in part two. Part one is just the recap of K-State versus Missouri. So make sure to check both parts out. Follow us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. Take our quizzes on Sporkle.com. And the links in the description of this episode and enjoy. Coming up on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove, we'll recap K State's molly whopping of Missouri on Saturday, plus a bunch of absolutely just, just bonkers games on Saturday, one of the greatest in college football history. Plus, Scott Frost getting paid $15 million to not be the head coach of Nebraska anymore. All coming up next on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. John, what a time to be alive. K-State's 2-0, KU's 2-0, Nebraska's 0-2, Notre Dame is like, are they 0-3? Notre Dame's 0-2, Nebraska. 0-2 as well, okay. Nebraska's 0-3. No, they're 1-2. They're 1-2. Oh, well, they're about to be 1-0. That's going to be so funny. They have to play Oklahoma next week. Oh, my gosh. Well, John, we've got quite a lot to talk about, but um, let's just talk about this K-State-Missouri game first, which might be one of the most boring games that happened on Saturday. But, I mean, obviously, we got to talk about it as K-State fans. 40-12, to the final. Deuce Vaughn with his eighth consecutive game of 100 yards rushing. I believe his ninth game in a row with a rushing yard touchdown. But, I mean, John, the storyline of the game, the defense, absolutely insane all over the place. Great to see Josh Hayes play as well. Just top to bottom, absolutely insane performance by the defense. I, I thought the defense, but it, it, I, I thought during the preseason, the defense was going to be the staple that's going to keep this team um, going going throughout the year. And it, and this this weekend shows that shows that statement is further true to my point. Um, if they had kept the goal line stand at the end of the fourth quarter, I mean that would have been an extreme A plus, but you know, you got to bring in the second stringers at the end of the game, but ultimately they won, uh, they won the line of scrimmage. Uh, they won in coverage and they did it against the power five team in Missouri and which comes from the SEC. They're going to be known to having those stacked defenses and offenses. I think ultimately K-State just showed what they were made of and a lot more to, to, to show compared to how they did against South Dakota as well. Yeah, and let's kind of just start from the beginning of this game because obviously you have to start before the game because gates didn't open until like 10.30 or something like that. Pretty bad weather, but, you know, obviously it was still a sellout crowd, at least at the beginning of the game. We'll get to it as it goes later on. But, you know, Mizzou starts out, they drive down, get a field goal. Um, our defense, I think, from what I could tell, looked pretty good. Just couldn't get off the field. I think penalties were a bit of a problem this week. Um, just struggled with a few offsides, eight penalties. You want to kind of cut that in half like we did last week. But, you know, you settle them to three points. I think you kind of take that. You come back on offense. And, uh, well, actually, <laughs> the first thing I have written down in my notes is how weird Adrian Martinez's helmet looks. Like, it doesn't have that, like, top bar. So it looks like, I don't know, you can just get a really good view of his face. That's anyway, that's, that's kind of off topic. He looked really good. I mean, he had 58 passing yards in the first quarter, John, which is more than he had all of last week. 
offense, I think Colin Klein really got to flex his muscles this game, at least before the rain really started to come on and that ball started to get extra heavy. But when, you know, the weather was decent, we were slinging the ball pretty well. I, I thought that was the case for sure, especially in the first half when Martinez was able to get Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks um, wide open for some, for some great yardage. Of course, you're going to have Deuce Vaughn just lighting up defenses here and there. I mean, it, it was all around a great performance by the offense, and you cap it off as well with the DJ Giddens uh, uh, touchdown late in the game as well. I think twenty, I think it might have been a little bit less than 28 yards, but I could be wrong from that. Oh, yeah, that touchdown at the very end. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, before that, you obviously had that really special moment, you know, with Deuce Vaughn coming out of the game, kind of getting his praise, a really cool moment between him and Coach Kleiman, um, which was really cool. But I, I, again, just, I mean, getting back to the defense, you know, in Mizzou's second drive, they lose eight yards in two plays, and they pretty much were just always behind the eight ball, really, with the run. Ten TFLs, John, for a loss of 34 yards in total. I mean, even that alone is just impressive, even if you don't count the four straight interceptions that we had, which we'll get to um, a little bit later on. But, I mean, as, as we work through this game, Mizzou just continues to have three and outs. They really just looked they, I, I can't really tell our defense looked good, John, but I don't, I don't really know how much you can like our defense looked good, but did Missouri also just kind of suck? I think you have to not only put the weather situation into play, but I think you have to put into a factor on, on some of the horrific coaching decisions that were put, um, especially by, by, um, by, by Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, I, I think we, we barely even noticed the wildcat formation. Uh, where did the pre-stamp motion go? There was not a whole lot of adjustments over there. I mean, the game plan appeared to be, once again, just lacked, they just lacked a lot of vertical elements. And, you know, K-State was not full. Yeah, I mean, Luther Burden, who we talked about a lot on Friday, our live show on Wildcat 91.9, that, uh, I mean, he's a five-star recruit. He's their best player for sure. He's pretty electric when you put the ball in his hands. Had one rush for six yards and one catch for three yards. I mean, he was targeted a few times, dropped a pass or two, but like, you got to get that dude the ball. I mean, I don't, their offense looks so vanilla. It made no sense to me. I was, I was very confused with what I saw from Missouri and I just, it didn't make any sense to me. I think you have to really just put it out there, but coach Kleiman just out coached uh, Eli Drinkwitz. I mean, they were out coached out class. Even, I mean, there were a lot of issues with their game plan and just a lot of issues, especially with their execution, um, both from the coaches and the players. But they had a false start already on its first drive. They took the delay, delay, uh, delay of game on a punt at one point. Drinkwood's called a timeout prior to Missouri's first play after back-to-back TV timeouts surrounding K-State's PAT and kickoff. And then you can't, and you fail to manage uh, to to outperform special teams, you two two plays right after the rain delay as well. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the rain delay a little bit. Just getting, uh, it, it really started to come down, John. Now, luckily for me, I was not on the field doing wireless cam stuff. I was in the East Club waiting to shoot the seat upgrade for our next uh, tie at the next timeout, but the next timeout didn't come. So I had to just like sprint my way down the East Club, go up the North Concourse and head over under that Northwest video board by our game day set where he sat for about an hour, you know, our, our producer and our headset was like, we're just going to try and keep it to 30 minutes. But, you know, every time you heard that strike of lightning or the thunder, you're just like, well, you know, the clock starts up again. 
but you know john you and everybody else down the student section you all were keeping it real we're keeping right. everyone very entertained any opportunity someone from missouri came out on the field try to try to get some equipment everybody was booing it and the same thing kind of goes to k-state everybody was yelling when was, was just like going completely rowdy over there it was just absolutely crazy and then uh, and then i recall um at some point i think like right during like right when the rain delay hit all the recruits were going uh going back to veneer and we just see avery johnson uh walking walking by the student section and they were just losing their they were just losing their minds there was no other, there was no other way to put it I, I think for the most part everybody was ready for this game they i mean even before the gates were i mean even before the gates opened when that when that first rain delay hit there there was a lot of people waiting in the line they were ready for the for this uh, old rivalry to come back and it, it was a long day for a lot of people, uh, especially with that rain delay hitting. I mean, I had I had rain just pouring all over my back while I was just leaning towards the uh, limestone railing. But I mean, that's that's what happens in college football, and especially around a state like Kansas, where Mother Nature just treats Kansas like the poor man's, you, you know what, stuff like that. And it it, it was it, it was chaotic. I mean, I think. For the most part, great crowd, of course. I think I think it was fantastic. And then I think once in that second rain delay hit, I was like, all right, but it's is decayed us a little bit. I think we're gonna dial it back uh, for one day. <laughs> we're yeah. just gonna watch it from home. It's a real shame because you know the game was sold out for so long. It was a really hyped up game. You were expecting a real, you know, there were a decent amount of Missouri fans. You give credit to Mizzou for making the drive over the border. But it was going to be a really, you know, hostile environment for Missouri to play in. The electric atmosphere, one we hadn't seen, you know, since 2019, our last sellout at Bill Center Family Stadium, honestly. But we didn't really get that the rest of the way. But to be fair, the game wasn't really too exciting the rest of the way in terms of, you know, the closeness of the game or the need to be super loud because, you know, it's a close game. It wasn't ever a close game, pretty much. Um, you also got to give credit to the student section for coming together to keep the Wabash Cannonball. Got to give them credit for that. KSU, KSU, way to go. And I, and I, and I think part of that really helps, uh, uh, um, what really helps is the factor that Jerome Tang, may, like maybe to a lesser extent, but Jerome Tang came into, came into the stands, did a Wabash cannonball. He, he, he was definitely one of the people who has influenced the students uh, to chant KSU and not FU, FKU and all that stuff. And I, I think it, it was... I think it was a good day all around, not just for the student section, uh, but for the band as well, because I know for, for their sakes, they've taken a lot of heat lately. Um, and, I, and I know so it's Frank Trace, but overall, everybody everybody walks off happy. And there, there's not too much complaints up than Mother Nature just being a complete uh, waste of time. Yeah, and I mean, credit the band for still going out and doing a halftime show, you know, and even when it's raining that, it just was raining super hard. You know, they had to come out and put on their, their jackets. It was funny, like, looking up top, going down. They're all got their hoods up and their black jackets. They look like a bunch of monks coming out. It's, <laughs> it's interesting, like, once when the rain just starts piling in, everybody in the stands just gets for rain ponchos. I didn't, I didn't bring a rain poncho that day. I was drenched after the game. 
I can imagine. I saw you. I was like, that sweatband like can only take up you know so much water. <laughs> like um, that that. I mean my 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 uh my sweatshirt that day. I mean I I was just wearing a sweatshirt, but it, it was like light purple. It was kind of it was kind of between dark, really dark purple and lavender. But once when the rain came down, it, it just became dark purple in a heartbeat. It was just completely soaked and drenched. Um, but you know, but the rain delays definitely did play into a factor, not um, not just for the fans and everybody else in the stands, um, but um, but most definitely for for K State. They they looked at it. A lot of people had questions. It's like, all right, can K State can continue the momentum uh, on the on the third and long that Missouri's going to suffer? And right out of a get go, Missouri. I think Brady Cook gets around it like a six or seven yard run, doesn't wasn't able to get the first down, and the next thing you know, Phillip Brooks returns his third uh, punt return as a Wildcat. So, um, the, I mean that real. I think for for me, when it comes, I was like, all right, K State really has has this in control. They're, they're in command um, on out from here. Yeah, I think that was absolutely huge. Just just the kind of burst of energy that the crowd needed. I think the players needed as well. I mean, you're sitting in the locker room for an hour, you know, it's raining like hell and you, you really just need to kind of, you know, get back into the game, get your energy back, get that adrenaline flowing. And I think, a, you know, 76 yard punt return will absolutely do that. Now, John, kind of zooming out a little bit coming into this game. I, I was really excited for this game because I think we would learn a lot about this team after this game because South Dakota you know, we got up early. We kind of just ran the vanilla offense. I think we did some really cool stuff offensively. Adrian Martinez actually got over 100 yards passing, so which is, you know, something. He was 9 of 20, not a great QBR, 51 and a half. But I think he was, again, kind of a game manager. It's just kind of not really worked out for him to be the star of the show because Deuce Vaughn is so freaking amazing, you know, getting 145-yard rushing and a couple tutties just – I mean, he, I think he did what he needed to do. I think we ran a really cool play, I believe, in the second quarter where we ran a little fake QB power into yeah, a little sidearm throw. That that's was, what I was thinking. Like, yeah, I, I, I was like, I was, I was highly anticipating uh, a, a QB power right there, but then I just see him launch the ball. I was like, what is he doing? I mean, then he then just connects instantly to Philip Brooks. And it's like, oh my gosh, look at him go! He's like a wild gazelle in the African safari. Uh, <laughs> Um, until a few Tigers get to him uh, near the goal line. But I, I, I think it was a much better performance uh, with the passing game for Adrian Martinez this week compared to uh, the South Dakota game last week. But I think I think I am left a little bit unsatisfied with some, with some of his throws, especially in the third quarter where uh, Missouri was starting to get a lot more pressure to him. I think the passing game is really going to need to step up for K-State to be a Big 12 title contender. Um, I think that I think I think ultimately with the 100 yards um, passing, I think that's that's the I think the the goal the sorry about that the the, the that brings the Wildcats uh, two game goal to 196 yards on 39 attempts, uh, no passing touchdowns either, which I think that's also kind of a kind of a concern as well. But I think when once in K State was around the 10 yard line, they did their dirty work there and. Um, of course, you know, but rain didn't do Martinez or any of his receivers uh, any favors to uh, any favors with the rain delay. But I think early on, I, when K-State kind of put themselves in a strong rhythm, I mean, you already have a running game locked down. Uh, 
you, you just had to get some of the passing uh, passing up and going as well. And I think that I think that that it's a little bit of a better better response than it, than it was for South Dakota when we got our first look. Yeah, I mean, it's always really important to put those kind of numbers in context, you know, nine of 20, 101 yards. I mean, it's like, wow, you know, why'd we, why'd we take this guy, you know, this high hyped up guy from Nebraska, if he's just gonna, you know, put up really, I mean, not even mediocre, they look sub mediocre, but it's raining really hard. We're winning by a lot, you know, in the fourth quarter, we ran like 10 straight run plays on our drive to score. So there's not, I mean, he's in game manager mode. There's no reason to risk it and try to, you know, make a big play and give Mizzou another chance to get into this game. There's no point in doing that. So I think just punkering down and running the ball, because we were doing that really well. And if you just keep doing what works, you know, and I think his time will come. I think a two lane is going to be a game for Adrian Martinez to kind of shine and give us to kind of a real glimpse into what our offense could be. And hopefully that boost of confidence will lead us, you know, to really have faith against Oklahoma the following week. But um, I mean, we've talked about Adrian or Adrian Martinez passing wise. He was a threat running the ball as well. You know, we mentioned before um, the season started, you know, when he first transferred, he's not looking to run the ball as much, be more of a professional NFL style quarterback, but he was a threat running the ball, John 16 yard rushing touchdown, had a few runs, a lot of designed runs for Adrian Martinez as well. Do you think that's something we can expect um, regularly from him? Well, I think that is what makes the K-State backfield dangerous. I mean, one one of the top top in not only the Big Twelve in the country. Now, I mean, you got Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, of course, um, but K-State finished the game with more than two hundred yards on the ground, uh, and they scored. I believe. Let well, Let me take a look here. I think Missouri Missouri's defense gave the. I mean, Missouri's run defense especially gave the gave. K-State's offense, every single opportunity back into the game. Um, they gave up 124 yards and back-to-back touchdowns uh, on K-State's first two possessions of a game. So I think Missouri, later in, later later on this second half, I think they made some adjustments, especially when it comes to pressuring Martinez. Um, but ultimately, it was just not enough, especially when it comes uh, to really managing the run game because you already know Martinez, he, he – while, while his throwing capabilities are still kind of in, in, up in the air, I think we've come to learn that his running game could be quite dangerous for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not really sure how good Missouri is. I mean, we kind of made it look like their run defense was just as bad as it was last year. But, I mean, I'll just say this. The rest of the way, I'm a Missouri fan. I mean, any win Missouri gets is going to be a win for K-State as well and look good on our resume. So, hopefully they can find a way to, you know, knock off some random – a really good team in the SEC and trying to get, at least try and find a win in that gauntlet they've got to go through. Oh my gosh. The SEC is just absolutely brutal for them. Um, I mean, also, I also have written down in my notes to give credit to Ty Zentner, even when our offense was struggling in the third quarter, he made some booming kicks 54 and a half yards on average for his punts. And that really set us up with some good field position and set us up for that first interception as well, where yep. Brady cook tries to go deep totally underthrows it and uh Kobe Savage the first interception there's so many interceptions John I just can't keep track Kobe Savage is there to get the first one um now I mean you could you know since we've been dominating all these first two games you can nitpick and say oh you know we only got six points you know we missed a field goal as well we could we left a lot of points on the table but I mean we're, we put up a 40 burger on an SEC team and beat them by you know 28 points and we should have beat them by 34 I mean, 
we just absolutely mollywhopped them. This is a really great game from K-State. I, I understand, you know, you can kind of nitpick because that's what we're kind of got to do to fill time, let's be honest. But I, this I was just an all-around really great performance. I, I think this not only shows how impressive K-State's defense was. Of course, you I mean, you already got it. You already got the headliners and Deuce Vaughn. I mean, he, he shredded up Missouri's run defense without a doubt. That was one of the main factors. You got to get the run game going to get Missouri's run defense exhausted already. Um, but I think you have to make some quick disclaimers as well. Missouri's offensive line, they, they had a heck of a time trying to block K-State's 3-3-5 defense. Um, and the wide receivers, they just had a horrific time trying to create separation. And it, di- and it didn't make the job easier for um, – uh, for either Brady Cooker, Jack Abraham, with the with the with the interceptions, but um, you, you know you gotta you gotta give kudos uh, to the K State defense for stepping up, especially um, when providing enough pressure to the quarterbacks, limiting Missouri's run game as well. Um, and then, like you mentioned earlier, uh, li- uh, limit the chances of of Luther Burt, uh, Luther Vernon uh, uh, showing up as well. I think that I think overall. Um, you kind of asked for almost a perfect, uh, perfect uh, performance by K State. Just a few, few minor factors here and there, um, I would point to. But overall, it was a great performance. Yeah, I mean, when we get Sean Robinson and Will Honus back, and you know, I mean, maybe Josh Hayes even at full strength, he looked amazing in the game uh, on Saturday. But I mean, maybe he's not even fully recovered. I mean, we're gonna have such a deep rotation to go through with all these different guys. I mean, even the we give a lot of credit to you know the stars of the defensive line you know, Felix NUDK Uzama and Nate Matlack and Eli Huggins, but give credit to Brandon Mott, Robert Hintz, the second, they both had really good games as well. I mean, even our second stringers are, you know, we're playing a ton of guys on defense and they all are creating chaos. It's just one of the, uh, it's just one of the better things to um, recognize for K-State when it comes to the defense, you are able to rotate so many guys when it comes to um, how, how much of a factor they can play in and, like we like I've said so many times during the summer, but the lack of lack of depth is going to hurt a lot of teams, but in particular for K State since they have more of a quality, uh, they have more of a quality rather than the quantity of players um, to go off of. Um, so I think getting in a lot of players, especially some of some of the ones, um, especially some of the newer ones, to get get them more opportunities and more reps hitting moving forward. Um, it's going to help out K-State uh, in the long run, especially later in the season. Yeah, I mean, John, let's let's get to these four interceptions in a row. Can you just imagine being the Missouri defense? I mean, keep in mind, this, it's not only four interceptions on four straight possessions for Missouri, four interceptions on five throws. That is just completely absurd, and most of them were one of the first plays of the drive. I mean <laughs> – you you sit down, you try to have a water and compose yourself. And it's like, oh my gosh, I, we, we got to go out there and get a, you know, three and out again. Cause they got the ball on our own 30. It's just, it's just a string of things over and over again, just an endless gauntlet for the Missouri defense having to play a ton of snaps. Really brutal for them. I mean, you, you saw what happened. I mean, it was not good at all. I mean, by, by the middle of the first quarter, Brady cook was bolting the pocket. I mean, at the first sign of pressure as well he I mean he made a couple he made a few nice throws but overall I mean he underthrew um one of his wide receivers in the deep shot of the end zone 
He overthrew Luther Vernon on a deep shot down the sideline, um, which probably would have resulted in a, in a touchdown, possibly. And then you also threw Vernon again on another deep shot earlier of the game, which that one for sure would have been a touchdown as well. So poor QB management on Missouri, poor horrific coaching on Eli Drinkwitz. I can't believe he's still not on the, considered on the hot seat at this point after this performance. Um, but K-State did what they needed to do to win this game overall. And they got and they had a lot of key, key, um, key players putting out some strong performances as well. Yeah, I mean, they. I think Missouri just tried to score 20 points in one possession. I mean, they, you know, when it's raining that hard, it really, it may, it's just that much more of an advantage to be the team with the lead because you can just run the ball, you know, um, ground and pound, just keep moving that clock. And Missouri's trying to air it out in pretty, you know, suboptimal conditions and they paid the price for it. And we already knew arm strength was a weakness of Brady Cook anyway. And he underthrew a couple receivers and they led to two, or I led to, you know, one pick from him. And then Jack Abraham did the same thing for that fourth pick by sincere Mason. Well, I think ultimately it came, it, it all comes down to momentum and pressure. And right when, and of course, Missouri came back onto the field facing a third and 13 uh, and they weren't able to convert on the third down. Of course, they punted away. Malik Knowles goes all the way for the touchdown. K-State opens that lead. And it's to the point where where you don't necessarily have to um, fully fully. It's to the point where Missouri's pressure is starting to grow and grow, and they need to make more plays, um, especially from Brady Cook. And with the amount of pressure that he's not only getting um, from a score standpoint, but from how K State's defense is just able to just come at you, um, just like a I I don't know what what of a reference I can make. Pterodactyls. Because they're flying around. I think Cade oh. Warner said that about the wide receivers. <laughs> oh my goodness! But it, but for Missouri's offense, it was substandard, unsatisfactory, unpleasant, deficient, and inferior. It, it was just, it was just all all the, all, all of the words, John. Get the it was just, get the thesaurus out. It, it was just. I mean, if you put on those words that pop up on Google, I mean, it's just a the synonym. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the cinema is bad for Missouri's quarterbacks. Yeah, it's 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 really not great. Uh, John, I mean, uh, is there anything else? Actually, I do have one more thing I want to mention here. Uh, are we? Is there a level of concern with Chris Tennant, the kicker for K State, missed a kind of a medium uh, range field goal? On that, we four. I mean, we K State had. Four point four gimme points that were possible, which could have been forty-four to twelve if 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 Tenet was able to connect connect. But I mean, from far distance, it doesn't seem all too bad. But but he he there's a lot of um, field goals that he's able to make. Yes, I understand, but poor conditions didn't help out necessarily. Of course, you have the punt team that looked great, but tennis missed. I mean, but tennis yeah, blah. Tenant missed missed a very very um, makeable field goal in, in Missouri, blocked an extra point attempt as well. So so hopefully something changes eventually. I don't think it necessarily has to change with Tulane coming into town next week, um, but you're, there's got to be a lot of stuff figuring out with the kicking game uh, as Big Twelve season approaches. Yeah, it's something you kind of want to have locked up before you go on the road to play Oklahoma in Norman, because that's just not really a thing you want to worry about. You know, you don't want to be worried about, you know, missing a PAT or if you got a 35 yard field goal, 
you don't want to be, you know, kind of nervous. You want to just have that confidence in your kicker. And, you know, I think he'll get there. He's, I think he's talented. He's got the leg. He's just got to put it together, you know, but um, the kind of sum this game up, John, was it, it wasn't perfect, but it was, there's little things you can nitpick about, but overall, this was a extremely solid performance, especially the second game in, I mean, we're used to slow starts as K-State fans, but to go in, you know, host an SEC team and beat them like this with an extremely dominant performance, which I think sets statistically puts our defense in the top five in the FBS. I mean, how can you can really complain? The rushing game is there. I think the passing game will get there in a couple of weeks. We got, you know, an extremely experienced team. Uh, this team is really going places, John. It is. And I think one point, uh, I think I got to make myself a point as well. I think you got to point out that the, the offense had a slow start in the third quarter. And of course, you can rely on the defense for, for the majority of the game to really cover Missouri's offense. But you, I, I do hope ultimately K-State starts heating up more and more often in the third quarter because it has come back to bite them, especially last year uh, in the season under Courtney Messingham. Hopefully, I'm not. Hopefully, we're not getting the same kind of trends of calling flying. But that's just that's just kind of another another thing I wanted to point out. But all around, I, I think, you, like you said, a few nitpicks here and there. But just just a just a, and you kind of have picked for a better way to to really soundly beat our a not only one not only a former conference rival, but one of your biggest rivals when it comes to a recruiting standpoint as well. Yeah, that's a big recruiting win as well. Credit the offensive line should do that as well. I mean, especially with Taylor Portier, you know, Hadley Panzer, or Andrew Gang, they came in there and did their work. Uh, absolutely stellar performance from them. You know, Deuce Vaughn gets all the credit, but, you know, the offensive line deserves all of it as well. And, you know, they're making him look like a superstar and a possible Heisman candidate. Hopefully we'll see how that pans out. So, I mean, overall, just a really great win. Looking forward to Tulane. And then the first really big challenge to open up Big 12 play at Oklahoma. So that wraps up our recap of K-State's 40-12 mid against Missouri. Now we're going to look around the Big 12 and see the absolute madness that broke out from 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. on Saturday. Thank you so much for listening. That was just part one of a two-parter that we're dropping today. Make sure if you want to hear about all the crazy games in the Big 12 as well, some crazy upsets and whatever is going to happen to Scott Frost next. Uh, make sure to check out part two for all of that. Make sure to follow us on Twitter as well, at ShakenBlake785, and we'll see you in part two.